Up Podcast. We are back. I'm here with the pride and joy of New Hampshire himself, Max. Thank you. And Mr. Locke himself, Hammy Sosa, that, that <laughs> who shall not be named. We'll be <laughs> dissecting this weekend's fight night headline by Ryan Spann, Nikita Krylov. I got to say, these last two weeks have been uh, pretty shitty in terms of name value and like quality, but they really have me fucking hooked in with the start times. The start times, they have hit perfectly. Yeah, they've been the, nice. Yeah, the 4 p.m. start and the 7 p.m. main card is fucking magical. Yeah, they've been absolutely lovely, but it kind of stinks because, I mean, it's college basketball season, brother. We're getting the good games around them times now. Yeah, we're a week away from March. Oh, yeah. So one yeah, more thing fucking... just before we dive into the card, too. I just want to shout out our Verdict League again real quick. We have a handful of participants. I know you guys are tired of losing money on FanDuel like I do every fucking week, just donating money. It's a free league to join. Get 10 more guys. We'll all put in for a pot. Free money. It's literally free money. All you got to do is join, pick a fighter, pick how they win. Easy enough. There you go. Jeff, what were you going to say about fucking uh, NCAA? I don't know. Fucking beats me. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. First fight we're going to discuss is our boy Joe, the motherfucking dog, Selecki, fighting out of North Carolina. He's coming off a pretty solid win against Alex De Silva. He's taking on Carl Deaton third, who's coming off a win in the XCX promotion. He's making his UFC debut this weekend. Joe Selecki's line's lingering around minus 500. Not much action betting-wise, I would say. And I got to say I agree with Vegas on this one. Deaton's coming in on short notice, taking it on Selecki, who is preparing for Benoit Saint-Denis. And we haven't seen Deaton in the UFC yet, but I can't imagine he's up to par with Benoit Saint-Denis. Benoit Saint-Denis is a tough motherfucker. If you guys haven't watched any of his fights, I'd definitely go back and watch some. Selecki only has one loss since entering the UFC, and he's made improvements every fight. Where he excels in jiu-jitsu, he's also made pretty vast improvements in his striking. Deaton relies a little more heavily on his grappling as well, but I think Joe has the advantage about everywhere. Uh, what do you think, Max? Yeah, I agree with you guys here, or well, with you at least, Mike, that <laughs> I'm taking Joe Selecki. Uh, one, I mean, we had him on the show, and we we know he's an awesome dude, so you can't fade him for that. But number two, just the opponents that he's faced so far. He beat Jim Miller. He's had some other fights against, you know, bigger-name guys and – um, I mean, it's a tough spot for Carl Deaton to come in relatively short notice. Um, I think I was listening to MMA Guru, and he was saying that I think Carl Deaton had a fight planned around this time anyways. So he was in camp, but he wasn't training for Joe Selecki, which is, you know, that's a little scary. Um, and then, yeah, Joe Selecki, I mean, he's faced he's faced Alex Da Silva. He faced Donald Cerrone in grappling. He very nearly beat Jared Gordon. He beat Jim Miller. Um, he's just faced better fighters so far. And because of that, I'm definitely hopping on with, with you uh, and taking Joe Selecki here. I know every time we fade the UFC debut, it goes badly for us, but I feel like this one's a good shot in our, my opinion. Jefferson, I'm figuring you're going to round this out, sweep it in. Yeah, I mean, I'm no stooge. When I see a line this big, I'm, I'm not hopping to the other side. What the fuck do I look like? <laughs> but yeah, not even going off of that. Just Joe getting ready for. I mean, I'm kind of pissed off we missed missed that war between him and Benoit. Uh, I hope we too. get that in the future. But dude, I just taking a grappler on short notice is always such a bad idea. And Joe is a 
fucking nasty dog on the fucking on the ground, dude. And and he's only gotten better on the feet. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see a chance for Dayton, Dayton, whatever. Yeah, I figured we were going to sweep this pick. So that's a three-way sweep, Joe Selecki. Next one we're going to talk about, we got Jordan Levitt, the Monkey King, the Twerk King, taking on Victor, the Brick Martinez. These guys are bolstering 10-2 and two and 13-4 and four records, respectively. Levitt is coming off his pretty not- notable loss to Patty Pimblett, but I think people are getting a little quick to jump to write him off because he lost to Patty after his piss-poor performance against Jared Gordon. But he's had a pretty successful UFC career thus far. He's 3-2. and two. Victor Martinez. Victor Martinez, while older by four years, is making his UFC debut. This is kind of a tough one to call, though, because is there like I couldn't figure out is there like a hidden reason I'm missing why it was such a close line? Like, did you guys know anything about that? Yeah, I think it's I mean, the Patty stuff. I I don't know because I, I feel like yeah, I definitely feel like what to call it should definitely win this. You're going Jordan, Jordan Levitt. Levitt, right? Yeah. I was yes. That's why I was yeah. also going Jordan Levitt. Yeah, I feel like he should be a big favorite right now. Yeah, and it wasn't even just the fact that Victor Martinez is making his debut. It was after watching a lot of his tape, he kind of he relies on like big shots and Levitt. Yeah, from what I've seen, he's got a he's got a chin of steel. Yeah, and Victor yeah. Victor's takedown defense is good, but it's not really great. I yeah. wouldn't say it's like I don't know. I don't I don't I don't think he's gonna have a good time against Shorten. And also, he gives up his back a ton when he's on the ground. Even though he is a black belt, I don't. Know, I think maybe that. I don't know. It, it's it's weird. I I definitely think Levitt's better at striking and submissions and grappling than from what I've seen of Victor Martinez. So I'm taking Levitt here for sure. And Levitt, in in my opinion, is one of the strong, like very very misconceivingly one of the strongest lightweights out there like he's so fucking strong once he gets on top of you it seems like it's over for guys and like you said martinez gives his backup i just i don't know i think he's gonna finish him yeah not a bad pick at all i mean uh, yeah i I know martinez is on a seven fight win streak so maybe that's the other reason and levitt's coming off of the loss to patty pimblett so that might be another aspect as to why the lines are what they are but yeah i agree i could see a finish here yeah, I think it's just a stylistic nightmare for Victor Martinez. Jeff, you're rounding out the pick with Jordan Levitt? Yep, no doubt. All right, let's jump into the next one, boys. So this is – I think this is now the prelim main event. We got Trevor Peak taking on Eric the Ghost Pepper Gonzalez. Trevor Peak comes in at 7-0 with an 100% finish rate, but it's important to note that none of them are in the UFC yet. This is his UFC debut. Eric Gonzalez is 14-7 and 0-2 and and in the UFC, but his two losses are to Terrence McKinney and Jim Miller. I don't know who on fucking earth set him up with those two fights for his first two yeah, fights. that's tough. But what, uh, what a back-to-back combo to get coming into the UFC. Insane. I, I mean, I'm just expecting this boys to be a complete barroom and brawl. Peak, I don't know if you guys watch this contender series fight at all, is an absolute fucking animal. His motor's so high. He's so violent. He's super offensive. Like I, I didn't even really know. Who, I'm leaning Trevor Peak, but I really didn't even know to pick for this one. So I made this one my Nyquil fight of the night. Uh, Jeff, give us a little analysis on this one. Yeah, I mean, these guys are both fucking dogs. I mean, they're they both come out fucking swinging. They're not really the smartest. Not going to say they're 
<laughs> really like the IQs up there when they're on the feet. They definitely leave a lot, lot to be, you know, wanted on the feet when it comes to the defense. But God, these motherfuckers go out there and try to get it done first. Both of them, they kind of seem to gas out after that. And it's going. I think it's going to come down to who can be the smarter fighter and who can like really outlast that first. And I think I think I got. Gonzalez on that. Okay. I feel like he. I feel like he's a little bit of a smarter fighter, and he could bring it to a decision and not and kind of reserve his gas tank a little bit more. Yeah, I can take that, Max. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm. So I, I, I fucking love uh, Trevor Peak. I, I, obviously, it's only off of the Dana White Contender Series performance, but I went back and watched his other fights. Um. And he happened to be from, he was fighting out of Tennessee. I believe he's from Alabama. So he was in the area that I was living in. And um, yeah, he, this guy is an absolute brawler. Uh, he, he almost got knocked out in that Dana White contender series fight. And he fought back and ended up knocking the other dude out. And um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like Jeff said, the I, the fight IQ on both guys, I'm not sure how high either of those are, but these guys are straight up brawlers and they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Um, I picked this as my prelim pick of the night just like the most interesting prelim of the night. I think it's going to be a great fight, and it's honestly a 50-50 on who wins. But I'm just going to go with Trevor Peak here. I think I think his chin's going to be able to weather the storm from Eric Gonzalez, and he's going to be able to put Eric Gonzalez out. So I'm taking Trevor Peak. Yeah, I had two more quick things I want to note on this fight. Uh, one thing that should probably hold a lot of weight is that Eric Gonzalez is 0-2 in the UFC, and Uncle Dana usually doesn't fuck with three to four straight losses, especially off your debut. So... I'm thinking Gonzalez will be fighting severely from the heart this fight. And another thing, I think if the main event wasn't bound to be such an offensive battle, this could have been fight of the night too, period. Yeah, yeah. I think the main event will outlast it, but we'll see when it happens. For sure. So the next fight we're going to jump into, we got Augusto Sakai taking on Lord Kong, downtown Maze. Augusto Sakai, he's a really tricky guy to read and predict because he's on a four-fight loss streak, but those are the Overeem. Tuivasa, Spivak, and Rosenstruck, which are all very notable guys, but Sakai was finished in every one of those fights with three of them coming within either the first or second round. So it's not it's it's a tricky read to make. Dante Mays is riding a two fight win streak in which he quite literally stroked J- Josh Parisian's face. Did you guys see that clip? Yes. <laughs> he humps his face mid match. A little weird. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I mean Dante Mays is obviously on a much better streak than Sakai, but Sakai has fought the better competition and has shown to last better throughout his UFC career. So I'm a little torn on this one. Max, what are you thinking? Yeah, this one is really hard as well. Um, just because, I mean, I know, like, Sakai, like you said, he's on a four fight loss streak and he's, you know, relatively old. Um, I, I, I like, I know Dante Mays has a lot of, TKOs um he has like I think he has one two he has two decisions three sorry three decisions um but all these TKO, TKOs are in round like three basically he doesn't get a lot of round one uh TKOs he does get a lot of late submissions and stuff um and I just bring that up because I was worried about I he's never like cleanly KO'd anyone which is kind of the big thing I'm looking for against Augusto Sakai because we, we see that Sakai has the ability to get knocked the fuck out. Um, I don't think Dontel Mays is going to knock him out cold. And 
I don't know. I, I don't know what area of fighting Sakai is better than Dontel Mays in because Mays added some wrestling the last two like two fights ago. He added a little bit of wrestling. Um, maybe I know Sakai probably has better knockout power than Mays, but other than that, I mean, Mays can go the distance. He has a little bit of wrestling. He has submission games. Um, he's a little bit younger and probably a lot hungrier. So I'm going to go with Dontel Mays here, but I don't feel comfortable about it to be honest i am gonna pick him though um i could also see augustus sakai taking this one to decision so yeah th- um, i mean i think yeah. these next three are like near impossible to call uh yeah. jeff who'd you take in this one yeah i think i'm rock out with sakai here i mean sure he's been knocked out and fucked up in his last four but you look at the names of the last four and they're they're like an upper echelon of yeah. fucking heavyweight they are. fighters that's why it's, it's hard yeah, it's ridiculous, but I, I just I don't think Dontel Mays is on that, on that tier of fighters, and I I just I I gotta give it to Sakai. Yeah, I think I, he might he might be able to pick out Dontel Mays over three rounds and get this one. Yeah, I I I don't think Dontel Mays is on that level. Those other guys, I'm not like a huge fan of him as a prospect. Um, what I'm worried about is this turning into like one of the like the Parisian fight last week, or like the Jordan, um, what is it, Jordan Wright fight, uh, last week where it's just kind of a clinch fest. Maybe Dontel Mays outscores him with some strikes here and there. But I'm a little yeah. worried about it turning into that. Or now I feel like Dontel will be the one initiating the clinches. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's what I was gonna say. It's one of the few things that scares me about Sakai going in this one because he got steamrolled by Spivak, and that's Spivak's bread and butter get you to the ground, beat the hell out of you in the clinch. And downtown Maze isn't really bad at that either. So I'm leaning Maze slightly, but not very confidently at all. Yeah. It's another thing to note, too. Downtown Maze is training with John Jones right now. So and, we'll see if that also, really has any effect. Another thing about downtown Maze that I can never get over is the fucking Hamdi loss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fun oh, fact, yeah. my fucking horse in Red Dead Redemption is named Hamdi after Hamdi <laughs> the fighter. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. But 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 it doesn't count as a loss anymore. So I don't know no, if I doesn't. hold it against them. There you go, Jeff. Is Sakai your lock of the night or no? Nah, nah. No shot. Yeah, I'm kind of debating it. I I, uh, I, I think I'm gonna hold it. It's, it's a fight we didn't go over, actually. Okay, oh, well, right, we can go yeah. back over it. Yep. Yeah. What's so these lock? next. So we're gonna hop into the co-main and the main event. And boys, these next two are fucking near impossible to call too. It's going to be yeah. tough for us to make our pick. I think our picks are going to be all over the place this week. Yeah. So the, for the co-main, we got Andre Muniz taking on Brendan Allen. I mean, where do you even start with this one? Muniz comes in at 23-4, and four, Allen at 20-5. and five. Allen's been far more active since 2019. He's 8-2 with losses only to Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland. Muniz is 5-0 and in about the same time span. So Brendan Allen has five more fights. Muniz is a grappling wizard. I mean, I think everyone remembers him breaking Sousa's arm. He gave Uriah Hall his only submission loss throughout his whole career. I mean, he's he's improved somewhat in his striking too. But one thing about Brendan Allen, he does not fold, and he really thrives when he's an underdog. He's like one of those like anomalies, dude. Yeah. Like he's so fucking hard to gauge who's going to win this one. Jeff, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I love fucking Brendan Allen. He's an absolute dog. And, but I just feel like this one's a little too scary for him. 
he leaves himself in little undesirable positions whenever he's grappling. Yes, he does. He kind of, even though he gets a lot of finishes, he's kind of only on the offensive, like, towards the end. And, like, really, like, in good position towards, like, I don't know how to explain it. But he, like, he, he, like, kind of falls into good positions on the ground. Yeah. And I just, I feel like, what you call it, it's just way, Muniz is way too deadly for that and way too smart when it comes to the ground. Well, it's crazy to say, too, because I think we could all agree that Brendan Allen is probably, like, the better mixed martial artist, but probably not the person yeah. to pick the win, which is yeah. fucking yeah. weird. Max, yeah. what are you taking on this one? I'm taking Muniz as well. Uh, I just think that grappling discrepancy is a little bit too great. Uh, have you guys noticed, noticed like, Muniz's striking is looks like it's underwater. It's very slow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which fucking weird. scares the dog shit out of me. It gets the timing. The timing is off because it's he hits, like, the contact is so great that it can put you out, but the timing is weird because he throws it so slow and yeah. loopy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think, I think, like, um, what's it called? Brandon Allen will be all too happy with like letting him take him to the ground and playing the grappling game and i think that's gonna be what mooney's wants to do and that because of that i think mooney's gonna get a submission win here or at, at the very least a decision um i just think like brendan allen's really fine with grappling and in this case you should not let that happen he should keep it on the feet um because he's better on the feet than mooney's but i think like brendan allen like you said he's just such a brawler he's such a fighter that he's fine to do anything and he has confidence on the ground, and I think the confidence is what's going to hurt him. He's gonna he's gonna play that game with Muniz and lose. I think. Yeah, it's weird. I, I'm also leaning Muniz. I really don't like it because Allen's went in as an underdog in quite a few fights and came out victorious. But yeah, where I think he lacks, like his he's a better martial artist, but he doesn't excel in anything. And I think where he lacks, Muniz just excels, and it'll yeah. just. Yeah, I think he rolls him in the grappling. I, somehow it's going to get to the ground, and Muniz might break his arm. Yeah, I'm not, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> dude, Holy I mean, fuck, he, Mike. <laughs> dude, I mean, dude, he gets that Cobra clinch on you, and Brendan Allen's one of them tough motherfuckers. Doesn't like to tap either. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. Like he's always in grappling tournaments and shit. Like oh, he no. does not like to tap. Is there like? Oh no. Is there like a bet <laughs> on that over under bones broken? <laughs> there should have been for what was the fight last week? Oh, uh, Marcin Prasnia. No, oh, not yeah. Prasnia. Who no. said he broke someone's Bridget. leg every week? Oh. Oh, um, oh, I fucking Jack who broke Jenkins. their leg, but Parisian broke his toes. I don't know if you saw that. Who was it, Jack? Jack, Jack Jenkins broke Jack Jenkins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he said he's broke four out of his five opponents' legs or something. That's yeah. fucking crazy. And then, and then Parisian broke his toes on that head kick. Cool. Yes, yeah. All right, let's let's dissect this main event, boys. This is another fucking interesting one. Super heavy offensive juggernauts coming in. Brian Superman Span. Taking on Nikita Krylov. One thing I thought was fucking crazy that Krylov's only 30 and he's been around. Because I'm like, damn, he's been around for a while. Been around for 10 years and he's only 30 years old. He's got like, 30, that is, 38 fights. Yeah, that is fucking insane. So yeah. both these guys are coming in on two fight win streaks. I mean, I, I dissected this one. This is one of. I love using this quote from Jeff. This is one of the live bets. Like, I would look yeah. for a span finish within the first two rounds, and if not, hammer all your money on and fucking Krylov. Krylov. I just think span 
he does he like you just said about Brendan Allen. I don't think he makes the best decisions. He's really exciting to watch. He packs a punch, but outside of that, I think once it weeds into the later rounds, which I think it will, he's going to be in trouble. I'm taking Krylov with some kind of round three, four, five finish. What are you leading, Max? Dude, I've been I've been fi- like I keep flip flopping all day. I've been flip flopping. I finally I'm on. I'm going to stick with Span right now, and it's only because I rewatched Krylov's fights and one fight in particular, the Ozdemir fight. Um, which he won, but if you guys watch the first round, one, it's an amazing first round, but Ozdemir almost finishes him the first three minutes, and I think Span has better hands than Ozdemir, and using, like, dumb MMA math, to me, if Krylov kind of lets himself open up like that, I think Span can get him and knock him out, and the other thing is, I went through and I looked through um their records because my immediate reaction was, yeah, if Krylov gets out of the first and second round, it's all him. Span is the only one with a five-round fight of these two that I that I was able to find. That is and, crazy. Yeah, and Span has taken it the distance a lot more than Krylov. Not a not a ton more. I think I think Krylov has only been to decision four times in his career and only passed the first round five times. So including, um, or sorry, six times. So including uh, going to decision, he has two fights that he finished in the second round. So other than that. In his 38 fights, he's only been past the first round um, five times. I know Span's numbers are relatively similar, but it seems to me like Span has a little bit more of um, experience going the longer distance, you know? And I just thought it was interesting that we're saying to, you know, if he escapes the first two to take Krylov. But to me, like, if Span's been going the distance a a little bit more um, and knocking people out and finishing it, as well I, I i think there's more ways for him to get this done but it really this one also is a coin flip because krylov is so smart too um and he could easily outsmart span here but i'm, I'm gonna stick with span yeah and another thing it's kind of like i i like what you just brought up there but it's kind of misleading is span hasn't been in a fight like that since 2020 so yeah. it's kind of like he, all his fights since then have been first round so it's kind of yeah. like who fucking knows jeff which way are you leaning yeah, this one's fucking super hard to pick. And it's also this like, is actually if... probably one of the hardest co-main and main events to pick, like of yeah. recent memory. True, yeah. and it's also interesting because what if Span started training too? Like, you know, he, he <laughs> right? You don't even train. know. Yeah, like what if he's he said after his last fight, he's like, I started training. I I used to never train. So like, what if he's training? Then it's a whole different fucking animal. I don't know. Yeah, I I just. I feel like the only way we can measure this is, at least I can, is just the value of each of them's wins. And I feel like Ryan Spann's just, like, kind of beaten the better competition. Just barely. So, I mean, I'm not too confident saying this, but I'm rocking out with Ryan Spann. I mean, he hasn't shown me wrong in the past few fights, so fuck it. Let's rock out. And I feel like, I mean, sure. Fuck. Why can't I think of his name? Kurlov. Nice to me. All right, Nakia Kurlov. Yeah. Sure, Kurlov has had some finishes recently, but, I mean, it's been against, I mean, a shell of him, former self, Gus, and then Ozdemir. 
I just I got to take Ryan's fan in this one. Yeah, and I think it's also pretty important to know too that both of these guys. It makes it even more interesting. Both these guys have like I don't like to just throw around the phrase "shit to bed," but have shit to bed in their biggest like matchups thus far through their oh, career. Yeah. So it's like both these guys really, really, really need this fucking win bad. Like more than a lot of other people, they need it fucking bad. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm kind of scared Ozdemir gets to work that front leg. If he does that early, I feel like Ryan Spam might be fucking done. Talking about Krylov, we keep getting, I kept getting their names mixed up too. Oh, Krylov. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jeff, who's, oh wait, so Mike, are you picking Span or Krylov? Uh, I'm gonna lean Krylov as okay. of right now. That's good. Um, Jeff, what's your Hammy Sosa lock of the night? My Hammy Sosa lock of the night is Mike fucking proper Malat, dog. Ooh. He's a fucking animal. <laughs> oh, oh, over Johan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Johan, he, he does slouch, but dude, after the finishes that fucking Mike Malat's been getting recently. I'm rocking out with them. Give me them. Lock it up. That's a battle of the Canadians up there. I like that pick. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, I think, shit. Uh, even, Mike even if you want to, didn't he? Yes, he did. Even if you want to get it a little better, I don't know what the. It's not on Fanduel yet, but fuck Mike Malott by TKO or sub because he's getting the finish, dog. Mmm. Damn. Jefferson, it, look at you. Yeah, and if you guys, uh, ch- any listeners want to check out our Instagram, Jeff fucking hammered. Dude, destroyed the lock of the night last week. That was fucking sick. Nice. Sick call on Aaron's Blansfield. Just amazing call by Jeff. It was a mode of victory as well. Yeah. Pretty great call by Jeff. Uh, Max, did you take our picks down? Uh, yes, I did. So right, we'll Go over those have... real quick. Yeah, let's run through the picks here. So Mikey's Night Cool Fight of the Night, Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that means someone's going to sleep in that pick. Um then Mikey picked Joe Selecki, Jordan Levitt, Trevor Peak, Dante Mays, uh, Andre Muniz, and Nikita Krylov. Uh, Jeff, his Hammy Sosa lock of the night with Mike Malott. Uh, Jeff picked Joe Selecki, Jordan Levitt, Eric Gonzalez, Augusto Sakai, Andre Muniz, and Ryan Spann. Uh, my prelim pick of the night is Eric Gonzalez versus Trevor Peak. I picked Joe Selecki, Jordan Levitt, Trevor Peak, Dante Mays, Andre Muniz and Ryan Spann. So, those are our picks. Uh, Thank you all for listening very much. We will be back uh, very soon with possibly a fighter interview and, at the very least, a review of UFC Fight Night Spann versus Krylov. Do not forget to join the Verdict League. The link is in our description. If you go and read the description of every episode, we have a link to our link tree, and in that link tree you'll find... um, a sign into the verdict league it's free it doesn't cost you anything you guys can win free money free. To join. so free join. emphasis on free emphasis on free to win Holy free money shit. someone you... join up yes and verdict <laughs> by the way verdict all you do is you pick uh the five fights on the main card you pick um who's gonna win and by what round and then you can also score the rounds and yeah you can get belts based on how much you score and all that type of shit it's a lot of fun so check it out. It's a free app. Um, I think like we I got, said, what, a handful right now? So maybe... We got about five people in it so far, yeah. so that's pretty good. Um, and, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be back very shortly. Thank you all for listening, and peace.